Welcome to the 104 Sports Report, hosted by Alex Brooks and Brian Burroughs, the main source for Oswego sports, a member of the Oswegonian Multimedia Network. Let's get into it. Welcome in to episode 7 of season 5 of the 104 Sports Report. We have a big episode ahead. I'm your host, Brian Burroughs, and I'm joined, as always, by Alex Brooks. We got a whiteout re- weekend recap. The basketball season is starting, and an interview with our first student athlete. But first, Alex, how are you? I'm doing good, Brian. I'm trying to get through the week. I'm. Uh, it's It's been a busy week, busy couple weeks coming up. Um, obviously, came off a whiteout. Basketball season's coming up, as you mentioned, and just trying to get everything in before Thanksgiving. And, you know, Brian, this is a big episode. I mean, you said it yourself. Whiteout weekend, we're going to recap that. We are going to recap some men's soccer award winners that were just announced today. We got some. We got a basketball season come up for men's and women's. And what a location for our uh, big episode, episode 7. Al Roker Studio. Yeah, we're sitting here in the Al Roker Studio right now. First time for that for us. But as I mentioned, we interviewed our first student athlete and a really big one. We got Perry Anderson for a little sit-down interview. Talked to us about her season, her transferring to Oswego, just all things Oswego women's soccer. And kind of, and for that interview, we kind of got a little you know, a little deep when yeah, just asking, asking some questions more about, you know, obviously soccer, but obviously we were trying to get more deep and trying to see what her background was away from soccer. So, yeah, that interview we have with Perry Anderson is coming up, I think, right now. Welcome in to the 104 Sports Report, our first interview with an athlete um we have a very special guest perry anderson the goalkeeper for the oswego women's soccer team perry how you doing today i'm great thank you so yeah i mean you had a really good season this year playing for the women's soccer team sorry starting goal for them the entire year and like led them to the playoffs pretty much so like but like i think we're gonna start a little further back which is like why do you why did you choose soccer how did like soccer become the sport for you? Um, my dad played soccer, and my mom is a big volleyball girl. But so I played; those were the only two sports they allowed me to play when I was younger. <laughs> and I just always like over everything. I just always loved playing soccer. And my dad, he was a great soccer player, and my brother plays as well. So we're a big soccer family. That's awesome. Nice. Uh, why did you want to play in college? Like, what was the reason? Um. That? I love soccer. Yeah. It's like I love competing, especially. I'm a big competitor. When I was in high school, I played four sports. Um, I just love competing. So and that was basically it. Like, I just, I don't think I could give it up and, like, not have soccer in my life. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So, so you spent your freshman year at Pace University yes. down by New York City. Why did you choose to come to Oswego, transfer up here? Well, my main reason for choosing Oswego is that I'm a tech ed major, mm-hmm. and the technology education department is one of the highest in, the honestly, the entire United States, and it's still in New York, which is where I'm from, and I wanted to come here. But I also loved, like, the team when I met them, and I love the campus, and I love the campus life, and I just, I love being a Laker. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, 
And you talk about like the team and you loving the team. How was that transition to playing with a new set of teammates? I know it's only your sophomore year. You're still mm-hmm. an underclassman. How was that? How was that process? Um, the girls were extremely welcoming. They're like the nicest people I know, all of them. And I've played with a few of them from home. So like it, that made it a lot easier to already have a friend coming into it. And the girls, um, like Coach McGrain, he's the nicest guy. So they made it like really easy transition. And also like when you're playing soccer and you're around people who also love to do what you love to do, mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. So I think like I had mentioned, you guys made the playoffs this year. What was that like? playoff atmosphere in your first year also going to Plattsburgh the school's biggest rival mm-hmm. you go you go up there you go double overtime what was that experience the entire game like um that was an intense game we really wanted to win and obviously like we went there the first time we lost 2-0 and it was just it was not a good game it was one of our worst games as a team <laughs> and we know that mm-hmm. and we wanted to like we knew coming in they were gonna be like oh we're gonna wipe off we go and we wanted to show them like who we really are, and we did that. And um, our mindset through the thing was just kill them, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we did that for 110 minutes. That's awesome. Um, and then going into the second game, obviously that was very tough. Yes. I know. Just take us into that, like just the week leading up, and then also just the game itself. Well, we actually had a Halloween practice, and I was not expecting that because, I mean, it's very serious. Like, it's our first time being in playoffs for, I think, like, five years. So I was expecting to be ready to go, but, like, he wanted us to have fun as a team, like, not forget that, like, we're playing soccer, we love playing soccer. And, like, yes, it's playoffs, but, like, you still just got to play your game. But every single day leading up to the game, I just kept saying, all of my friends kept saying, we want to win so badly. Mm -hmm. We did want to win so badly. We played an amazing game. We held them off for 105 minutes, and you know, unlucky things happen. And like that, like what she did, that was a great shot. Everything, like I, oh, she deserves that goal. Mm-hmm. And the second goal was, it happens. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but like we played a great game, and I, I think that we just really wanted to win, and we wanted to show, like, because that's another team we lost to in the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. and we just really wanted to show them like we aren't a 4-0 losing team. We're a zero zero for ninety minutes team, right? Or we win. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And just like knowing the fact that like like they are probably the powerhouse of the SUNYAC, like a ranked, a nationally ranked team. Like, was that something that you guys talked about? It's like, hey, like this is probably the team to beat, or is it just like they're any other team? Um, well, we have a problem. Like during the season, we had a problem <laughs> with going into games and being like, oh, it's Cortland. So we were like, mm-hmm. it's not Cortland. It's just another soccer team. And we're a good soccer team. And yeah, we don't have a number in front of our name to show that. But we're a good soccer team and we're all good soccer players. And we just wanted to be able to show them that. So yes, they're a good team, but so are we. And it, we want to be ranked one day too. So mm-hmm. we're, we, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just take us about your thoughts as a season as a whole. I know like, you would have wanted to go, obviously, to the SUNYAC Championship, win the SUNYAC Championship, but, you know, it's your first year, and how to take, like, a step back and reflect on it. Like, what what did you feel this season was for you? Um, I think we did a great job. In the beginning, I wasn't expecting the same term- turnout, but, like, we, we learned, like, how each other played, and, like, each of us worked hard every single game to, like, adjust to that. 
and to just play with each other and whatever coach would say, we would listen and um, adapt and change. <laughs> but um, as, as a whole, we had some ups and downs, yeah. But I think like the ending, we ended out strong. We had, we're gonna make it farther next year, hopefully. Yeah. So um, I think it was a good first season, obviously. It was a great first season. And I think we got a lot more to next season. Yeah, is there like, I mean, I know it's it's off season essentially just started, but are there are there already goals for next year that you've talked about either like just by we like with your family, with your team, with the coach? Like, is there I a, mean, a mindset, a goal, a mindset going into next year? We want to see Cortland again, and we want to <laughs> beat them. <laughs> That's one of the big things. But honestly, all of them. I think, I think every game that we played, the teams that we've played, if we played our best game every single game, we could have won every single game. Mm-hmm. And um, next year, we just have to keep keep working hard. And I think everybody wants it. So, I mean, the team we have talked about how next year, it's it's lights out. <laughs> right. We're yeah. getting, we're yeah. making history next year, hopefully. Yeah. If you don't mind, just get a little deep here. What was your biggest, like, challenge this season? Like, what was your biggest challenge? Maybe not even just, like, playing, just throughout the season, like, with your whole team? Um... You know, we I would say it was when we had like a four game streak, one of them was Plattsburgh, that we just could not score. Mm-hmm. It was every on our end, it was zero. Like one game we held them off to zero zero and like I guess that's okay, but we yeah. wanna win. Especially that was against Buffalo State. We wanna win that game. And then Oneonta, we just couldn't score. We outshot them, I think like five shots to one. And well, in total I think we had like twenty five shots to their yeah. like two. Yeah and they they put it low corner and it goes mm. in and that's like a game we should not lose and we we lost and it, if you watch the game you we are clearly dominating but like the score doesn't reflect that and that's that's something that really sucks is when the score and the stats like don't reflect what's actually happening and like the work that we're putting in but um we were able to come back from that one at Fredonia actually mm-hmm. we scored two goals that was a game we needed to get into playoffs yeah. And um, we, we came back from it. And I think that's, like, we realized that we had to make a change, and we made the change. Nice. So one thing about college sports and, like, turnover is a lot. Seniors graduate, new freshmen come in, transfers come in like yourself. Mm-hmm. Is there specific players this year, specific seniors, or just the class as a whole that you're going to – miss someone who may have been a mentor to you when you first came in oh absolutely <laughs> i love our seniors all of them um i've gone actually my locker is in between <laughs> a graduate student and a senior Grace <laughs> and andrea who are mm-hmm. two captains yeah. mm-hmm. and i'm gonna miss both of them so much i mean i you get so close like you're spending two months with them first year the only ones here and like the, they're honestly like my only friends here <laughs> not to get weird or anything but they are my only friends here right. and um like i'm just gonna miss them all honestly like yeah. all of them and they do a lot for our team like not only am i gonna miss them as people but i'm gonna miss playing with them on the field mm-hmm. yeah definitely um how does it feel to play under coach mcgrain and how is uh his coaching like what's his impact meant to you um, I think he's a great coach, actually. He's one of the best coaches I've ever had because he really, like, listens to his players and, like, understands, like, what we need, like, whether it's on the field, off the field. And, like, his door, he has a very door always open. And I'll, mm-hmm. I have a class, like, right next to his office, and I'll just stop <laughs> in and chat. He's a great coach. He's a great person. 
And I feel like every time that we struggled with something in games, he was able to identify it and incorporate drills that really showed like what we needed to change. And I think that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Did um did transferring in right? You're coming from Pace and then going to Oswego. Was there a little bit of like like doubt in your mind? Was there ever like anything that you were like scared of? Like any like not trying to get so deep on no, it, no, no. just trying to yes, it was a little deep. Yeah. But um, <laughs> when actually I Pace made me not like soccer as much. Oh, like yeah. now I sit here and I have fun every time we go out on the field. I have so much fun. But Pace, like, I just really didn't enjoy playing as much. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of doubt in my mind coming here. I didn't know if I should just, like, throw the whole soccer thing or not. But I'm glad I stuck with it, obviously. It was a great turnout, and I, I once again, I love being a Laker. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, they really made the love for the sport come back, come back so much stronger. Like, I feel like when I was a little kid, excited to kick the ball <laughs> around. But, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, are there any like traditions that you guys have as a team or are you like specifically like pregame, postgame, anything that you guys like do that is like fun that you guys like? One of my favorite things is, um, we have a, like right as you walk into our locker room before you like turn, there's a sign and it says we don't lose at home. And (laughs) whenever we play at home, we slap the sign as hard as you can. And that's one of my favorite things. It's like a great way to get hyped like right before you, um, step on the pitch. Like I love doing that. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's awesome. And just playing like in front of, you know, in Oswego, like how did, how did that feel? Just playing in front of like the Oswego crowd. Um, you know, it's great. It's it's a, it's a mixed bunch. Like I love playing in front of them, and I love when like students come and stuff. Um, the Oswego crowd, proud, crowd. <laughs> um, I I they're very supportive no matter what happens. Like after we lost. At our Cortland game, they were just cheering us on. They had tears in my eyes, honestly, because it was they were just so proud of us and like how far we made it. So that was really nice. I, I love playing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think that's going to wrap it up. Thank you, Perry, for this interview. No we problem. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you very much. And that will conclude our first interview uh, for season five. With an athlete. With an athlete. So thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you so much. No problem. And big thank you again to Perry Anderson for sitting down with us. It's a really great story. She has a really great story. And I'm excited to see the next couple years for her. Oh, it's going to be excited, Brian. I mean... Her being able to just go in here as a transfer and just pretty much take over uh, the probably the most important position in soccer, being the goalkeeper. Yeah. I mean, she is going to be a bright spot for years to come. So, obviously, thank you, Perry, for this interview. We really appreciate it. Um, but we're going to tra- transition over to some men's soccer. Before we get into the Whiteout Weekend Recap, we had some award winners, Brian. For the yeah. men's soccer team, it was announced today, according to Oswego Athletics, OswegoLakers.com, that Caleb Munsky, Kyle Genrich, and Kieran Gilroy earn all-conference SUNYAC honors. Yeah, Munsky and Genrich both making the all-second team, while Gilroy making his way onto the all-third soon all-third team. So I think it's just a good topper to their season. You know, they missed the playoffs, unfortunately, but 
those three were three bright spots for the team all year. Obviously, Gilroy led the team in goals. Genrich was just a high-energy player the entire season all over the field. And Munsky, the captain, the graduate student in his final season, broke records for the team as we've covered in past episodes. So I think it's just great topper and great right. They deserve the recognition that they're getting. Yeah, they definitely do. I mean, I feel like they, we've been talking about it all season. We've been talking about it um, when we were discussing uh, discussing fall sports. We pretty much talked about how Caleb Munsky, Kyle Genrich, Kieran Gilroy, they were in the topic of conversation pretty much every episode. Yeah. Even if they didn't score, even if they weren't really making an impact, we were still talking about them. Because you had to. You, you had, had to. Because even if they didn't make an impact in the game before, there was still the high possibility they made the impact in the next game. Exactly. So... So, congrats to them. Obviously, it was a season that was 5-8-2 overall, 2-5-2 two, two in the SUNYAC Conference, but they were able to make their impact on this team, and hopefully for Kyle Genrich, obviously Caleb Munsky and Kieran Gilroy will be graduating. Yeah. We're hoping that Kyle Genrich, he will step up into that senior role and try to lead this team to, hopefully, a SUNYAC championship. Yes, sir. But... For the latest on-campus news, Oswego Sports Takes, and the latest information on the Oswego State hockey teams, head over to the Oswegonian Multimedia Department. Each week, the group releases more podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. For more information, head over to the Oswegonian podcast page on the Oswegonian website or the Twitter page. We appreciate the Oswegonian Very much Multimedia do. Department. Shout out to Zach Case. Allowing us to do this. Thank you. We really appreciate it. But... Now we transition into Whiteout Weekend because, oh boy, was it a big one, and oh boy, was it a successful one. Oh, Brian, I mean, when I was when I was ready to write the rundown for this week, I was so excited to talk about this because, I mean, Whiteout Weekend being the first SUNYAC teams that they face off. Yeah. And being able to just, you know, have that in the fall semester, it's, it, it can be a little tough. It can be a little yeah. intimidating. But, oh, the first game Oswego took 5-1 to one against Plattsburgh, uh, they were able to – it was a packed crowd. I don't think there was even an empty seat no. in the place. I mean, I'm pretty sure there was standing room only seat, like, was the only thing Yeah, it was probably sold out by, I think, Wednesday or Thursday yeah. of that week. And, I mean – when uh, we were on this last week, I had something, and you had something as well. I had Matt McQuaid to score a goal, and he scored the first goal of the game. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I remember we were in the control room for T.O.P., and I just I slapped uh, your shoulder, and I was like, yes, Matt McQuaid, because I knew he was going to be that player to watch. So, yeah. yeah, he was able to get a goal, and then they were just rolling through uh third period or three periods yeah i mean it was a great game and like you said i also predicted something it was the five to one score line i mean i i gotta make props for myself if only, for that. if only you were on the perch for that ah, right <laughs> if only i was if only i was making a prediction in the pregame show but yeah like you said they rolled through five three straight periods versus this team cal and big storyline was cal shell getting the start in goal like I don't think anybody expected that. We were all talking, like me and you were talking. We we're talking to all the guys from 
the media guys from TOP, talking to the guys from the Gonian, talking yep. to the guys from NYO. And it was yep. like, all right, the conversations were between Greener and Perron. Yep. It was, does Green get this, get it, get to go back in net after a rough first outing, or does Perrant, who was the hot hand, who had a good outing, but the team played better around him, get to go back and goal for White? I don't think Shell was really even in the conversation. Then lines come out, and all of a sudden it's Shell at the top of that list, and it was like, whoa, where did that come from? It was a little, it was a little scary to see. I mean, like yeah. it was just, it was, it was a little like a shocker. I was just like, wow. I mean. Obviously, we just we it was just very unknown. It was just very like, oh extremely because Cal Shell he's a you know he's a freshman. So mm-hmm. we're like, that's the biggest game of the year. Like it's the first Suniac opponent, and you're sitting on a freshman whiteout. And, and it's, it's white whiteout. I mean, a packed crowd, the most packed crowd you'll probably see all season. Yeah, and you're sending uh, an Gozik unproven was, freshman exactly. I mean, he, yeah, he looked good in the preseason. I don't think anybody could deny that he looked good in the preseason. Right. But they didn't give him the shot versus Hobart. They didn't give him the shot versus Elmira. So you're, I mean, you're thinking like you're throwing him in the fire. Yeah, you're you're throwing him right in the deep end for a whiteout game because mm-hmm. they Plattsburgh could have easily come out and just like taken advantage of his inexperience. But it didn't happen. He looked great. Only allowed the one goal. Almost allowed a second goal at the very end of the second period. It's a little controversial. A little but controversial. They, no, they call. were able to get off the ice. No call. <laughs> a little no, no call. call. Yeah, they call. It went in the back of the net, but. Waved it off because it didn't cross the goal line before the buzzer sounded. That's mm-hmm. the D three rules. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he yeah. was, he was looked good. He looked really good. He looked really good. I mean, like, what a decision by Gosick, yeah, Coach Gosick. I mean, like all of these, all these goalies. I feel like with Perrant being able to have a good game against uh, Elmira, yeah, and then. Uh, Shell having a good game against uh, um, Plattsburgh and then uh, Potsdam. Yeah, he he started yes. a little bit in Potsdam. Yep, um, which we will cover in just a little bit. And then just you know, obviously Eric Green may be looking as not the top one anymore. The but you also got to you also got to ride him as well. You yeah, know? I mean he's still I mean, a very proven veteran. Like he, like I I don't think we've seen the last of him. No. I definitely think not. he'll get um, a shot back in net again at some point this year yeah. to see well, if, he's, if it's a rebound or whatever. I don't think we've seen the loss of Eric Green. I don't think we've seen the loss of Richie Perron. And we definitely haven't seen the loss of Cal Shell. Yeah, and I feel that now going into a year where you don't have Stephen Kosakowski, yeah, one of the for sure guys you are going to put in net every single week and he's going to have a great game. So you feel like for Coach Gosick, you gotta run the goalie by committee. Yep. You gotta ride with the matchup. You gotta ride with the hot hand. If someone's doing well, you gotta ride with him. So I feel like Coach Gosick, and it's it's worked out so far. I mean, it's worked out so far. They're two and one. Um, yeah. Able to get wins uh, versus Elmira, uh, Plattsburgh, and now uh, Potsdam, and we'll just have to see if that can continue. Yeah, and I'm just like. Little player spotlights to both Connor Sleeth, who had a reverse hat trick, three assists in the game, and then Thomas Rocco, three points as well, two goals led the team, especially that last goal, that hustle goal at the very end of the third period with the open net, just out skating the Plattsburgh <laughs> defender. All of a sudden, 
He's in front of me, taps it away from the Plasberg defender, is on his knees and just taps it in and then it gets up and you just see his arms up as the rest of the team comes to him, gives him a big hug, just puts a topper on the final goal, on the, on the game. Great scenes, great whiteout game. It just, yeah, and it was just great atmosphere. I mean, being able to sh- uh, score five goals. Versus have biggest, pe- yeah. Exactly, having people get up and just feel so great and obviously you got to cap it off with the win. Yep. And being able to get a win in whiteout. Two whiteout wins in a year, in one year. Yeah. And if you want to include the Potsdam games for both, four. Four. Four whiteout wins. Two whiteout weekend yep. sweeps. You cannot, you cannot make it any better. No. A 2022 is... The whiteout year for this Oswego men's hockey team, and yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Yeah, what a great then, game! And yeah, huge cool. game, huge game. And then they just kept the momentum going with Potsdam. I mean, you think you? I mean, I think one of my questions going into that game was, you know, Plattsburgh is such a high energy, high effort. It's like emotions are the highest they will probably probably be all season. For a regular season game, mm-hmm. is is does the drop down to Potsdam the day later, or is it going to affect them? And it, it didn't. Five two, no. they did the same thing. It was three goals in the first period. They were up four zero before Potsdam even put the like put it in the back of the net. So, yeah. And what I was saying about yeah. um, I wanted to wait until this game because, I mean Shane Bull, have yourself a weekend. I what said that guy. on. My T.O.P. Uh, news broadcast on Monday night, as it is Wednesday at the time of this recording, and Shane Bull did his thing. What a guy. Oh, my God. He got two goals in two goals and one assist in the Potsdam game, and then he was able to get a goal, a goal in Whiteout. Yeah. Three, goal, so three four, goals. A four-point weekend. Four-point weekend for Shane Bull. And that earned Massive. him, um, I believe that was Suniac Athlete of the Week honors. Yeah. So, and what wow. a weekend from him. Well, and the craziest thing, I think, about the whole thing is that he's been doubling as a defender. Yeah. And I know in the Potsdam game, he was back up in the forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reasons, he was a forward again. But he had been dropping back to defense. He had played defense for Elmira. And, again, in Plattsburgh, he was a third-line defender. So the fact that he's this productive and the team is still playing this well, we're, we're essentially he, he, is, he is a forward. He has experience in the defense in the juniors, in his junior career. But the fact that they took a forward and dropped him into the D-line and he's been just as productive, just as helpful, and the team is playing just as good, it is, cannot be understated how impressive he has been, and how like well it is helping the team. Yeah, it's just been wow. Like I mean, he has just been that guy for this season so far. I mean, you're looking at the Potsdam game. Obviously, there was something that I want to highlight is that there were uh, more penalties uh, diversified throughout like all the periods in the Potsdam game, unlike the game against Plattsburgh. Yeah, but I felt like the game against Plattsburgh was a little bit more chippy, and a lot there was a lot of no calls, a lot of like just letting 
letting them play. I don't know if it was just because it was whiteout. I don't know if it was just because it was the first Suniak game. But, yeah. I mean, going to back to the Plattsburgh game, there wasn't a penalty until the third period. Yeah. The third period. And then it was some big penalties. Big penalties. That, I mean, Plattsburgh guy got ejected. Uh, yeah, and I'm just like, uh, wow. Like, uh, it's just, it was very, it was very chippy back and forth, but really it wasn't shown and wasn't shown by the refs, obviously, until the third period. So that's something that I don't know if it was just because it was white out or just the first Suniac game. I know that they were probably more, uh, you know, obviously there's more in the um, game against uh, Potsdam. There's more, like, tripping calls, hooking, cross-checking calls. Yeah. And it's just it, it's going to be interesting to see if that was just th- the thing that just happened with Whiteout or it was just it was just the refs were off their game or they were just allowing the um, guys to play. Yeah. We'll see how the rest of the season goes, I think. I think that's definitely what we do. It's like, are these guys getting away with things or is it just the refs are being letting them play more this year? Yeah. And I'd like – I think I like – I would like option two. I'd rather yeah. not see them start going to the box a lot, but right. yeah, yeah. It, it it it. I feel like it helps the game a little bit more. Helps the game breathe a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And Oswego, three and one. Yeah. Um. Two and zero oh in the conference. Whoa. Good start. Great. Great start. start. And now we now they're going to travel to Cortland this Friday, and then they will travel to Geneseo the following weekend. So yeah. some big, big matchups for. Uh, these teams, and they're also away. Yeah, two straight back-to-back away games after back-to-back home games. Yeah, versus you're probably the two hardest other teams in the Sunak right now. Yeah. Though I gotta say, I'm very interested about Cortland as a team mm-hmm. because they did pretty much they did they beat Potsdam worse than we did. Yeah. It was like a seven-one game on the Friday night before. Like we played them on Saturday, Potsdam was in Cortland on Friday. They beat them worse than we did. Yeah. But then Plattsburgh went to Cortland and beat them five to one. Right. Or no, six to two actually. Mm-hmm. So, I'm the Cortland team is confusing me a little bit because they killed Boston just like we did, even worse than we did. But then we killed Plattsburgh and they lost to Plattsburgh. So I'm just a little confused. But. I mean, maybe it's just a little bit of inconsistency to start off the season. Could be. It very well could be. You know, there's not really... I feel like with these teams, they don't really get into... Some some teams don't really get into a groove until the middle of the season or when, yeah. when it goes to the end of the season when it counts. But I so. would say if you're this Cortland team, you can't afford to get into a groove late because getting us into our our poll talk here, I know the Lakers... I excited about this. I am very, I'm very excited. It was a very interesting weekend around the Suniac because the Lakers, after the Whiteout Weekend sweep, jumped up from nine, jumped up from ten to nine. So they're number nine in the country now after starting at thirteen in the preseason poll. So they're just on the way up here. Geneseo lost to an unranked team. They lost to Skidmore four yeah. three in regulation. And my neck of the woods. I remember, yeah, I remember hearing that because uh, my grandfather he works at Skidmore at the radio station. And he was telling me that, uh, yeah, Geneseo came and they lost. And I was like, what? Yeah. I was, I was shocked. I was like, what? So that, that is that, that, massive. That's a massive loss. And massive implications for the poll in general. Yeah. Geneseo, I mean, I don't think we could expect them to be perfect this year. Right. But you would think their losses come to top 10, top 5 teams in the yeah. country. 
not to an unranked team, a team that wasn't even. I, I remember. I, I think they were at the bottom of the vote getting. They had like three votes to get ranked. Mm-hmm. Compared to Geneseo, it was up in the 200s. Now, Geneseo, after the loss, falls down to number three. They, they flop with Hobart. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the others receiving votes category, Cortland still getting three votes. They were getting three votes last week. Plattsburgh now getting votes. They have two. Yep. Which I think is going to, in the long run, help the Lakers. Because the USCH poll, USCHO poll is nice. It's a good way to kind of quantify what's going on. Mm-hmm. But it's the pairwise that matters. Of course. The pairwise is what the committee looks at um, for um, for the turn- for the national tournament. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's the, the auto bids when you win your conference, but it's the pairwise that determine the at-large bids. Yeah. Um, it's still, I've looked at it a couple times, it's still way too early in the season for it to start oh, really, yeah. like, kind of mat- showing things because, like, Oswego's at, like, 20 right now. Genesee's at like 17 after the loss, so I'm like, I think it's just a little too early to show like the, for the numbers to start really calculating correctly. But if Cortland and Plattsburgh are teams that are getting votes, that means they're going to be a little higher in that pairwise, which is only going to help Oswego's strength of schedule, which is something that matters in the pairwise. Exactly, and I feel like with Genesee losing, it's just like <laughs> obviously any time for us as you know Oswego Laker coverage, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we want Geneseo to lose as much as they can. Yes. Um, they are the thorn in Oswego's side. Yeah. Uh, they have just... it's. I feel like it's a new rivalry that started. Very Geneseo. much so. Geneseo has came... These Ice Knights have came out of nowhere. And yep. they are... They're, they're flying around us. Like, they... Like, I remember last year when we um, faced them in Oswego. Felt like we couldn't get anything going. No. They killed um, us in both games last Exactly. Game. So, but I think this year is different. I think I do think this year. I mean, Geneseo. They look. I mean, they they're playing different. Obviously, they just lost to an unranked team. Right. But also, one of the big things that Gosick had mentioned when talking about the offseason plan and recruiting and transfers and everything was speed. This team looks fast. Yes. And they look. They and they look way faster than last year. The they recruits do. are faster. The players, the returning players, are faster. So. I think they'll be. A, I think they're gonna have a much better chance skating around Genesee this year. Definitely. So. Yep. But we'll uh, we'll transfer our conversation over to some women's hockey because you know can't forget about them. They were in a weekend that included Potsdam as well. Um, that Friday they lost to Potsdam, which was a uh, not not a good not a good uh, game pot- for. Yeah. Um, their conference play opener. Yeah, for the conference play opener. Um, but yeah, they two one loss, and they weren't able to get anything going until the third period, and then at that point it was too late. It, it was, was a power really play goal late. with power play goal six minutes into the third, right? By Morgan Shine or by Ashley McGrath, assisted by Morgan Shines. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they had time to put a second in the back of the net, but it mm-hmm. it didn't do it, and it was penalties all over the oh place in that game. Oh gosh, there's. <laughs> I, I I can't even. You can't saying. even count. Like there's there Oswego was. Oswego was one for eight in the power play. Potsdam was zero for six. So fourteen power, fourteen different power play opportunities between in, between the teams in the game. Yeah. Chippy game, very physical, and it just wasn't. It didn't. They didn't play well. Megan teach out revenge game. <laughs> it's what it was. We yeah. try to talk about her too much, but yeah. The one time you can is when they play a pot, Potsdam. Exactly. And. She didn't do anything in the game. No goals, no assists. Was not on the ice for 
or she had a zero plus minus. Yep. Um, so she was either on the on the ice for one pot sim, one Oswego, or was on the ice for neither. She did get five shots off, which was second in the team, given behind Kaylee Merrill, who had the two goals for Potsdam. But once again, they lost their third loss, third straight loss. Lexi Levi got the start in that. 28 saves, two goals allowed. Not a bad game. But they need to do better. Yeah, and I feel like they did get better the next game. They did. Uh, they they very were able well. to take a, another... Um, Newell conference opponent, uh, four to one against the Can Roos. Uh, they were able to just kind of turn it around there and get their first uh, first win and also first conference win. You know, yeah, uh, kill two birds with one stone. Um, you get to just kind of go to Canton after a tough game against Potsdam and put up a four spot. I mean, three and three power play goals. Three power play goals, which you need to do. Exactly. Because they were three for nine on the power play. Yeah. I, I think if you have nine power play opportunities and you don't score three of them, yeah. it's almost, I don't want to say disgraceful, because that's that's a very big word, but it's disappointing. It's disappointing. It, it, but they did. They put three in the back of the net, so. Yeah, and I mean, I know you, you stress uh, special teams. I do. I'm Every single time, you you are a special team specialist. Yes, if I would say, um, you definitely like those, and and rightfully so. It's 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 a big the, part of the game. It's a big part of the game: the penalty kill and the power play. Yep, you being able to be consistent on both, it's just gonna help you win games. Yeah, it's really just gonna help you win games and uh, be more uh, be more dangerous coming down in the season. But um, yeah, but like this, like I said, we, we got their first. Got their first win under yeah. their belts. They sit fourth in the conference with um, the two with the one the two points from the win mm-hmm. behind Plattsburgh, Potsdam, Canton, who yep. all, who did also have a win in the conference. Right. So they're still there. They are no longer getting votes in the poll, which is unsurprising after three straight losses to start the year. Exactly. Um, but I don't. I mean, we haven't seen the last of this team. I don't. I mean, like this—they're going to fight for the rest of the season. They have to fight for the rest of the season. It'd be—it would just—it would be a bad look if they didn't. Exactly. Um, but they do have a big weekend ahead with double Marsville. Right. Uh, that's going to be—that's going to be something that they need to take care of because yeah. Morrisville right now is O and uh, two. Yeah. Um, they need—they need to take probably. They need to get at least one. They really should get to from uh, that. I have a question for you, Brian. It's the first four games, they're one and three. Are we? Should it be a overreaction or an underreaction to these four games? I'm gonna go overreaction. Okay. Um, look, Adrian is one of the best teams in the country. They were always going to be a hard opponent. They didn't look good against Adrian, but it's the first game, it were the first two games of the season. They had only been on the ice for a week. Yeah. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, saying they needed more time to plan the ice together. They needed just more time to practice. I, and I and Potsdam is... I think they're going to be a better team this year. Mm-hmm. 
I think they'll be pushing for a top three spot. Yep. Behind maybe that maybe even that third spot behind Plattsburgh and Cortland, the two other, the other two best teams in the in the Newell, excuse me. So, but then they went out and they beat Canton, which Canton is not a bad team. So I'm gonna go. We're overreacting yep. to a one and three start. No, and I, and I agree with you. I feel like we're overreacting, but just for a little bit. I don't think we're overreacting in an insane amount because no. starting off one and three, not, you know, there's there's got to be some urgency there. There does. There, I mean, if this has to be. if we go to if they go to Morrisville and they take they they sweep that, they're back. I feel yep. like they will be able to just be Back to right three there, and three. three and three, five hundred, three and you one can, in the conference, exactly, three and one the conference, and you'll be yeah, able to yeah. go from there. But if they lose one or even God, lose two, that is going to be detrimental. I don't want to think about detrimental. It, yeah, but. I mean, especially because the weekend after is doubleheader, Cortland. Cortland's here on the Friday. We're in Cortland on the Saturday. Right. You, I, if momentum. Morale, I think it almost has to be a sweep for Morrisville. Like, like, or at least you have to win that second game. You have to come off come off on a high, mm-hmm. which and that's the home game too. So you really don't want to win on home ice. Yeah. Because Cortland comes to town. They are so good. Very good. I don't even want to say I'm expecting wins, and we'll get to that in our episode next week about yep. our predictions and whatever for that whole series. But I I just want to see fight from that team in the Cortland series, but we'll get to that in the future. We definitely. Will, we'll definitely have more time to talk about that. So we'll uh, we'll transition from some women's hockey, and we'll go to Max Zeal, Max Zeal Gymnasium, and we'll talk about some basketball, because basketball season starts this upcoming week, but it already started for women's basketball. Yeah. They were able to uh, go to Hilbert College, take a 78-63 to win this past Tuesday, yeah. And, man, That's a Brian, big, I mean, just start off the start. season 1-0. Good start to season you know, 1-0 every week. Surprise player to lead the team in points was Carly Leo. Yeah. A player I was actually completely unaware of. I'm pretty sure she's a transfer student this year. Mm-hmm. I, I, she was on the roster last year. She so, is. She's a transfer student. Yep. Yep. Transfer junior. So, she dropped 20 last night. She was 7 from 19 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3. And grabbed four boards. She started, played 30 minutes. She played outstanding. Nice. That is an excellent start to your Oswego Laker career. I think she's going to fill that Daniel Kaivana role, but maybe even better. This team played really well around her as well. Diamond Pickett in 22 minutes had was uh, 16 points, 14 rebounds, 7 of 10. Uh, um, field, 70% field goal percentage. And then Logan Casiglione also double double, eleven points, ten rebounds. Right. This team played. This the team as a whole played really well. Really well. And I know it's only the first game, and things obviously with the Suniac, that's going to be the bread and butter of the season, as we said from every, every single sport. Um, I feel like now after this first game, you're kind of like, whoa, okay, this isn't just the Diamond Picket show. No. Because going into the season, it was like, okay, you still have Castiglione, um, Shania Iglesias, Shania Iglesias. You got you know the young, um, young players like uh, um, 
freshman Sydney Hoffs with eight Sydney Hoffs. last yep. night. Amsterdam, Amsterdam exactly. New York. That's from your neck of the woods, right? Amsterdam, your, your neck of the woods. No, no, am I wrong? It's it's a little know. bit. It's 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 about like forty five minutes away. I'm but not from it, this state. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not Peyton, a New York native. I don't know where things are. <laughs> uh, Peyton Deifler, I think that's how you say the last name. Yeah. Sorry if you're listening. I said it wrong. Um, but yeah, she's a senior, so um, still got those um, those playmakers there. But I mean, it helps to have someone like Carly Leo to kind of make a name for yourself. Yeah. I mean, you're you're transferring into the season. You are um, somewhat of an unknown to, um, you know, everyone else on the team. And yeah. also just kind of like being like, okay, well, we can rely on her. I know it's only the first game, but we can rely on her to be able to be a consistent scorer and be able to knock down, um, knock down those shots and, yeah. Be able to be a very consistent scorer with Diamond Pickett as well. So yeah, she seems to be that point guard. Exactly. At least after game one, she seemed to have filled the point guard role. Exactly. Which and is the position they needed to fill. And after a tough um, season last last year, um, I feel like Coach Pinkerton is trying to deal with you know obviously the young you know the young team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was a very um, uh, something that they were going in there. They knew they had a young team. Um, I feel like this year, obviously, um, Diamond Pickett has one year under Coach Pinkerton and yep. kind of being in a little more of a leader role, I feel like things are going to turn around. Yeah. I feel like things are going to turn around with this women's basketball team, and they have a big tournament coming up this weekend. They have uh, – Keystone comes to town Keystone. on Friday. Keystone, and then they play the winner or loser, loser of Morrisville and SUNY Poly based on that Keystone yeah. Um, game. Yeah, it's the Max Seals Women's Basketball Tournament. And then they're going to play Wells College this upcoming Wednesday. Yep. But, yeah, and then they don't play SUNYAC opponents or, yeah, SUNYAC opponents until November. Fredonia. November 29th, after Thanksgiving. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a good way to start off the season 1-0. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if they can keep that up. Yeah, I mean, I think this tournament's gonna be another just litmus test. I mean, first game you never know what can happen. You go into game two, Keystone, you do the same thing. It's like, okay, what's yeah. happening here? You go into game three, same thing. Okay, there's something brewing here. So it's, about it's just, yeah, exactly. It is about consistency. Right. And and I don't really want to see consistency from each player. Like I don't want to. I mean, it would be awesome if Carly Leo was a 20 point per game scorer for the entire season. Right. But I don't. I mean, if if it want, if Shania Iglesias wants to come out and drop 10 or 20 in the in the Keystone game, or if it's going to be Castiglione who drops 20, 25, I don't like. Just keep it going. Keep the wins going. And keep the good team play going. Exactly. Team morale, team chemistry is going to be huge for this team. And we'll have to see if they can do it. But that is going to transition over to some men's basketball. Obviously, we had our interview with Spencer Bates, basketball beat writer, uh, men's basketball beat writer for the Oswegonian. He was giving us some analysis. So if you didn't... If you uh, are just listening in for the first time, please go back to episode six to 
listen to that interview. We talk about a lot of, um, obviously, about the men's basketball team and kind of like their predictions and kind of yep. his reactions from last season going to um, Swarthmore and um, uh, and Ohio. I forgot the city. Marietta. 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 Yep. Just, yep, came to my, just came to my mind. Um, so Marietta and Swarthmore, and he just gives his analysis on what this season is going to um, what he thinks the season is going to be. So, yeah. Men's basketball has their Eastern Connecticut tip-off tournament this upcoming weekend. Yes. Uh, Brian, I do you want to take a, the take the yeah. reins of that? Um, it's a good open to this team season. I mean, this team plays in a lot of non-conference road games this year. And I think it was – no, I mean, I don't think – I pretty much no it was 100% on purpose they wanted to boost their strength of schedule road non-conference wins uh, are much better than home non-conference wins so starting their season on the road uh, with four straight road games you go and you get the two-half tournament Hobart they'll play Hobart on Friday November 11th if they win or lose they get the winner or loser of Anne Maria and Eastern Connecticut State um Kind of expecting a win, saying this team is ranked number five mm-hmm. in the country, and neither of the other three are ranked in the right. top twenty-five. Yeah. So I'm kind of expecting a win, big wins, hopefully, but you never know. They get Clarkson next week on the two. They get Clarkson next Tuesday on the fifteenth. The week after it's Nazareth on the Tuesday, the twenty-second. So just a big opening four games for them all non-conference, all on the road before they also open Suniac play with Fredonia yep. on November 29th. Yep. Those two always parallel their conference schedules. Yep. So, big start to their season. Hobart is an in-state rival, but um, not ranked. I don't they're not. Their program isn't as highly touted as ours is. So, yeah. I think this is just a good get your feet wet in the non-conference. Right, and I feel like these four games are going to be, you know, their first test. Yeah. I mean, it's, these teams are not, obviously, Suniac teams. Suniac was Oswego all year for men's basketball. Yep. They pretty much dominate the Suniac besides that close uh, loss to New Paltz, but um, yeah, yeah, they were able to dominate the Suniac last season, and I feel like it's it, it, it's kind of good for this team, as you mentioned, like to get four road out of conference experience. Yeah. Just to be able to be like, okay, well, if we take three or even four of those, I mean, yeah. you can be like, yeah. okay, we're picking up from where we left off. Exactly. And I, were, what were you no, saying? No, continue. continue uh, I was just going to say that, you know, they're ranked five. Yeah. And that's obviously the biggest, you know, the biggest ranking they've had in, um, or their or its highest preseason ranking in program history. It's right on the right on the Oswego Lakers website. Yeah. And but you gotta also think that's just the preseason ranking. You gotta show that you're the number of five team. Yep. So yeah. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a real test and I mean they have the foundation to do it. They have the players to do it. They did it last year. Obviously they lost some players with uh um Brennan Molson and Chris, um, Simmons Chris also. Yep, and Simmons and now they got to pick up from where they left off. They got some transfers, like Cartier Bowman, 
and just uh, yeah, some good freshmen as well. Some but I, and I was and one I was gonna make is I think this is a good way. Like all the returners know what it's like to go into a hostile atmosphere and play games. All the returners were in Swarthmore last year. They were at Marietta. They were at Marietta last year. They all know how like what it's like, and they have the experience. This is a good way to get the new guys, Cartier Bowman and Josh Thigpen and the other and other and other new new players, just the experience on the road. Because yeah. I think the goal is uh, one of the goals that we mentioned with Bates is get the get the home, uh, the home tournament like national tournament games oh, get yeah. be the first be a host a pod mm-hmm. so but if they don't they're gonna have to go to hostile territory to start to start the national tournament again so i think they they this is a good way to just start the season and get everybody integrated back the, the returners get the new people integrated in to playing in hostile territory because yeah. it's, there's going to be a lot of it this year a lot of their a lot of their season is on the road so I think they only have like nine total home games because yeah, like all, like I don't I'm I don't their schedule is very backloaded for at home meaning that they play they, a lot they yeah. play a lot in the spring semester at yes home. um I I'm just seeing it right now uh, they only play two games here at home in the fall semester 29th of November yep. and the second of uh, December that's Fredonia and then Brockport on that second of December. And then they go on the road for a little bit, and they play in the Utica tournament, and then they come back January sixth, seventh, um, for two uh, big conference games against Buffalo State and SUNY Geneseo. They're home, and then they don't go back home for another game until um, the coaches versus Cancer weekend uh, versus Plattsburgh and SUNY Potsdam. Yeah, and then it's and then it's just and then it's pretty much all home except until for the final weekend, final two weeks of the season. So fine, yeah, just fine, yeah, that final weekend, or there, final weekend, Brockport, Fredonia, yeah. but yeah, they don't, yeah, and they they don't they don't have a non-conference game at home. They play all their all the tournaments they're playing are on the road. All the other guns, they're just like they have they have so they have the New Year's tournament, the one the couple the, the December 29th and thirtieth. The, yep. That's it. That's at Utica. They play St. Lawrence on January third. That's in that's at St. Lawrence in, Can- in Canton. They obviously they ha- and then there's the four games at the top of the schedule: Hobart, Anna Maria at in at Eastern Connecticut State and with either yep. Anna Maria or Eastern Connecticut State, Clarkson, Naz, all on the road. So there's a lot of road games. All the non-conferences on the road. This is just the start. Yeah, it's just the start, and I feel like that. And you could look at that and be like, wow, this that might be, like, very difficult. Yep. We also got to think they're going to have a lot of time on those buses. Yeah. They're going to have a lot of team bonding, and that could be a blessing in disguise to be able to bond as well as you did last season to go all the way to the Sweet 16 and just having that bond to have with these away games to even start the season before you go in – uh, your home game against Fredonia. So, yep. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for all of these sports to keep going. This is oh, this yeah. is why we're doing this podcast. This is why I love coming up every week and talking about this. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for episode seven of season five of the 104 Sports Report. It was a big episode, and we appreciate everyone tuning in. 
Um, for next week, we'll keep going over some men's hockey and some women's hockey. We'll go over this uh, weekend in basketball, and we'll we'll just keep discussing Lakers sports. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Big thanks again to Perry Anderson for coming, coming on the pod. And I think everybody have a great rest of your day, rest of your night, whenever you listen to this. Godspeed. Godspeed.